Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen we are here to drop knowledge cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way welcome back to through thick and skin podcast my name is Megan Patterson and I'm Aaron Jensen and we are your sisters from the same mister and mom <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes although we look kind of different we are sister sister we should we need to throw up a picture of all three of us kids your twin my I brother know. I know. I was telling Michael. We should have we, Michael on the podcast. We totally should. That's he'll, our brother. No, he'll twin. just be like, hey, I'm, I'm single. And, uh, you know, if you want to go flying with me, hit me up. What's Probably. Up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up with your friend, Megan? What's up with her? What's up with her? Where are the hot single treatment girls at? I'm like, every single, single client at our office is smoking hot. I'm like, whatever your flavor is, we got a hottie in that flavor. That comes to see us straight mm-hmm. up. I'm like, Michael, don't be an idiot and come to the wine walk. And he's like, I know wine walk was cracking and crawling with hot. I'm hot so babes. sad. Wine walk probably isn't going to happen this year. It's OK. We need to figure out like a good virtual wine walk or something. This party. Oh, this party. We can have another this party. party was was off the hook. But maybe we I, but I also want to have I want to have more guys come because oh. I think we have a lot of hot guy clients that are single and we have a hot, lot of hot girl clients and they could mix and match. Like my cousin made out with one of our clients at the last wine walk. I seriously put up a story and I was like, hey, my cousin Kevin is single. He has good teeth, good credit, good tires on his car. What's up? And by the end of the night, he was macking on some chick. One of our clients was like, oh, my God, Megan, where's your cousin Kevin? And I was like, he's over there. And then at the end of the night when we were breaking down, he was macking on her. So. Um, You're just bringing people together. I am. Left and right. I am. And nobody brings me with anybody, but it's okay. So anyways, so this is part two, you guys. The first uh, episode 22 was uh, Q&A, no holds barred. And we answered. I mean, we were able to like flesh out a couple, but we still have more questions to answer for you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little for me, a little for Aaron. So let's just get cracking. Let's get into it. I'm going to kick it off with asking Aaron some questions. Okay. Okay. This is a good one. As the boss lady. How do you reward and incentivize staff? I think this question is coming from a woman who either runs a med spa or something. How do you reward and incentivize staff? Get them excited Mm. to learn about products and procedures. The one thing I don't do is do like promotions within the office for staff members. I don't do sales incentives. I don't be like this weekend. If you sell 10 CE for Rolex, you will get a hundred dollar bonus. Yeah. Like, like I just cannot stand that. That's just not how our company runs. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it's gross. It's, it's a little it, inauthentic. Cause oh. then like you're all of a sudden selling, selling a certain product to somebody, even though it might not be the best fit just because you want to get that free pair of Ray-Bans. Yes. <laughs> There actually was. Who did that? Oh. You did. You tried doing it. I was like, I don't need your sunglasses. I got no. my own private dealer. Okay, so a um, some company gave us like 10 codes for a free pair of Ray-Bans. Such, so random. And they wanted us to use it as like a sales promotion. Like tell people like, buy, you know, five serums and get a pair of Ray-Bans. I'm like, this, uh, this is lame. So what I did instead, I did an incentive where it's like, hey, like whoever gets the most Yelp reviews, good Yelp reviews, then that's going to be your incentive. So it's yeah. something where you're providing, I am incentivizing you to be the 
the, have the best customer service and give the best experience so you can in turn get good Yelp reviews. That's brilliant. So you're not saying just sell these 10 serums, move these 10 serums to the next 10 people. You're saying like really build upon and flesh out your customer service skills because that makes everybody happy. It makes people come back. Because then in turn, people will buy whatever you have and it doesn't have to be that particular product no because yeah. they can tr they trust you like like why do i have to push all these serums like just sell stuff and your your the sales will follow so mm -hmm. that's something i i do not do those type of incentives but you definitely want to take care of your staff and you want to make sure they are familiar with the products that you have mm -hmm. so absolutely make sure all of your staff get a hold on products like they should be washing their face with your face wash they should be putting on a serum that you carry at nighttime and mm -hmm. yes it does get expensive if you have a larger office but that's what your reps are there for they can they have what's called car stock where they can give you products to kind of help promote your your staff members and make them feel better about things yep. so make sure they are taken care of in that way um you know, in the office, we do we don't give everybody in our office free injectables. It doesn't work that way. Like that stuff's too expensive. Yeah. Um, but they are able to get it at a really highly discounted price if they you know want to get it and want to try it. And we just make sure when they are happy in their environment and their needs are taken care of, say our estheticians, making sure they have all the products they need, they the back bar they need, their they they have the nice new sheets and new towels and their art looks good. Their paint is freshly painted. There's no chips. Like their environment is really good. They will in turn provide the best service. Because they also feel very proud of their space. Like yeah. imagine if you were working in a, a spot where it looked a little shitty, the sheets were gross, the towel was ripped and stained. You're not feeling like really proud of your work. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have a space that might not be yours, you might share it with another esthetician, but like the candle is burning, the shades are beautiful, the artwork is nice, the plant is watered. You're like, this is mine. Mm -hmm. This is my space. So yeah, don't scrimp on making the, the workplace for your employees really nice. Because when they have pride in it, they're going to take care of it better. Mm -hmm. And they're going to also be more inclined to learn about it, you know. And um, yeah, I think also it's important to, you know, if, if, if a client doesn't know about something, like maybe if you have injectors at your place, like if, if they need a model or like, grease your reps i mean i used to call the reps and be like i need cheek filler what's up <laughs> i'd be like i'm gonna sell the shit out of this cheek filler so like let me have some and they'd be like say less megan <laughs> <laughs> but i'm also you know i also go on stories and i mean anyways point being is that like we do a lot of trainings on megan we like, do megan is our number one training model and it doesn't look like i have as many syringes in me as i do no you also this is a good tip you want to make sure your staff knows you appreciate them, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, your staff, if you run a company, they can generate a lot of revenue and you want to make sure you thank them. Like, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. So when someone knows you're appreciated, um, mm -hmm. also I, I have worked in an environment before where I was on a commission basis and I had the comment sometimes, well, oh, your paycheck's really big, big this week. Who the fuck says that? It's like, that's well, like, I'm, 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 thank you. I don't know how to. Well, because like, I know the other portion of that, it just went into your bank account. So like, um, you're welcome or <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't know because the tone is like, you know, if you have a boss, it's like you crushed it. But that's also why we don't have sales incentives yes, like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because we're not driven by that. We're driven by the whole experience. And also we let our clients know like we will take care of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you have a concern or you want to learn more about something, like if you went to Aaron 
as an MA and you're like, I eventually want to be you, you know, like Aaron's going to hear that and know that and, and going to set you up to tip for you to take the action to pursue mm -hmm. that, you yes. know, and providing those educational um, experiences for the estheticians or your clients or your staff, but in a night in a fun way, you know, yeah. sometimes these courses can be really boring. Um, and also having, you know, s social activities, you know, even if it's as basic as like a holiday party, make yep. sure your holiday party is fun and it's not a boring, awkward dinner where you're sitting around staring at people sitting next to someone's husband. You don't even know. I know. Like, have it fun. Have it lively. I mean, we went to a drag show for our holiday party two years ago. That was lit. Did yes. you see the invitation I sent you? The, what to the dra drive and drag? Yes. Yes. I, I got it. Well, I was already planning on like my friend had sent it to me. So yes, we're going like, yeah, instead of having, you know, like, yes, you can go to Mastro's and drop, you know, 300 bucks per person. How about take that 300 bucks and go do something fun, like a magic show or a drag show, or just like do a white elephant musical chair party where mm -hmm. everyone has fun and lets their hair down. Yes. And also like what you would do, like just like spring and buy people, Friday Starbucks or spring and buy people, you know, like uh, buy goodies or, or um, you know, like l pay for lunch at the at the meeting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like and also leverage your reps. Yes. Leverage your reps. If 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 a, if a product wants to come through and teach you about a product, be like, dope. I got 18 girls and five of them are vegetarian and one is vegan. So what can you provide? Corner bakery tacos? Yeah, because all the a free lunch does go far for people, you know, like if you. It just does. Yeah. It really does. So that kind of leads to my next question for you. Hmm. Um, what the study, this is like one of the most popular questions for Erin Jensen. What studies did Erin have to do to become what she is now and work in aesthetics? Okay. I will do a quick wrap up because she's I feel sick like of I've talking about this. She's like, I <laughs> she's like, Google me. <laughs> no, that is not, that's not, a, it's, it, it is a confusing industry because there's many ways you can get there. So how I personally got there, I got my bachelor's degree from LMU, Loyola Marymount in biology. In, I, in partying. I was not a partier. You were an alpha fee. <laughs> I was a severity girl. Um, based on philanthropy, Megan. <laughs> snatch. I actually, I was a sorority advisor for like nine years afterwards. I liked it. I mean, I had a good time. I, yeah. I like my organization. Um, so let's see. I have my bachelor's degree. And then I took a year off and worked as a medical assistant for a group of orthopedic surgeons. I was a cast tech. It was really fun. I put on casts. I saw, saw them off. So I got my medical, medical experience that way. Then I went to USC, got my master's degree in physician assistant studies, three-year program, come out with a master's degree, uh, got my first job in dermatology where I was trained in-house to do all dermatology, medical, and cosmetic. Yeah. And here I am. Yes. Yes. So you can get into aesthetics is this broad field where in the state of California an RN and above can provide those services. RNs have a little bit different rules on they have to be overseen by someone in a certain fashion. Um, but you can get to aesthetics in a lot of different ways. Dermatology. Plastic surgery. Yeah. Ear, nose and throat. Um, I mean, anyway, it's not that's the one downside about it is there's not this direct you go to this school. It's not like you want to be a hairdresser, go to this program and you get accredited. It's not like that at yeah. all. So you have to find someone who will train you. There isn't a straightforward training Aaron, program. Will you train me? Please, no. please, 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 Aaron, please train me, please. I just graduated high school and I want to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I'm annoyed? Because every time we get that question, I'm like, just go to school. 
just fucking go to school. These girls graduate high school and they're like, I want to have a skin boutique and I want to now daddy. And it's like, no, I have gotten that question before. Like, I really want to own an office. I don't really want to see patients that much. So I just want people to work under me and see patients. How do I do that? Can you look at my, can you hear the look on my face? I right was now? on a phone call with that. And I literally was like, is it, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> she knew that. Yeah, so but, this, there wasn't a, this wasn't a quick, easy shortcut. Erin was working in dermatology for 11 years before she busted out mm-hmm. and created yeah. the skin boutique. Uh, yeah, so there's ways to do it. But I would say, you know, if you are eager, um, don't, you know, asking for just a shadowing exp- opportunity, that's not a way, the way to do it. Like th- Say that again. Pull- asking for a shadowing experience is not the way to do it in a DM to the treatment. 100%. 100%. You know what you do? You apply for a job. Be like, hey, I would like to come volunteer at your office four hours a week and sweep your floors. Can I do that? That's humbling, Aaron. Not everybody's ready for that. Well, not everybody's ready to be that humble. Listen up. But Aaron, I'm sorry. I have a um, a degree. I have a degree from a private university in biology. Well, so I'll- I'm not sweeping your floors. Yeah. I want to inject. Well, you're not going to. <laughs> I'll tell this. We I'm had- like role playing. I love role playing oh, with I Aaron have, um, to test her. I guess I can say this. I actually had a uh, medical professional with a degree apply for one of our medical assistant jobs in our last job round, and it really piqued my interest, and I'm having further conversations with her, and she is someone who doesn't have experience in aesthetics. So, See, she has a medical degree, and she's humbled enough to say, I want to be your assistant, Erin, yeah. a job in which you don't need any sort of certification. You don't need to have a college degree, yes. but she is that willing to learn or dip her toe in the aesthetic world. Mm-hmm. I can I can get down with that. Yes. I appreciate that. I admire that. So if you, it, you need to throw your ego aside and get in the door the best you can. So mm-hmm. if you're sweeping my floors for four hours a week for a month, what do you think that, what's it, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to have a conversation with you. But if you DM me like, can I come in and shadow you? No, it, it, like you have to. And it, that sounds really harsh saying that, but we don't it, sugarcoat it. It's so competitive mm-hmm. and you're not going to get handed this stuff. I mean, I got into this industry where there was no rule book, you know, playbook. And you just dug and got ever every opportunity that you could. So and we're not knocking, we're not knocking the girls who like shoot their shot by any mean, but no. also just, you know, like we're giving you like a little tip, a little pro tip is that like. DMing somebody and and being like, hey, I want to shadow Aaron. What can I do to do that? Um, apply for a job. I yeah. don't know. Well, I'll tell you this. Some people in my industry, I don't do this, but they charge like a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a day to shadow them, and that is very appropriate. Aaron, do that and split it with me. How? What, how do you? What do you because get out of it? I will, my because dealer? I'm the I'm the fielder. <laughs> so they come to me. I make them do a skit where they do a video, a drama log, or whatever, and I and then I pick them. And I'm like a headhunter. Where I bring them to you, we split it down the middle, 750. How does it sound? Hell no. <laughs> okay, you get a G, I get five. I like this idea. Let's do this. Let's let's capitalize on these young, hungry people that want to be a mini Aaron Jensen. And then they get to hang out with you for a weekend because they want to be a Okay, friend. that's a whole other rate. <laughs> that's that's a minimum. Oh, you want you want the Megan experience? You know, you probably could charge like two grand for someone to hang out with you because I get that question all the time. Yeah, but patients. I'd have to have sex with them. That's called They're the girlfriend women. experience. <laughs> I mean, I've considered that, too, because I got student loans. But then again, I'm like, ooh, COVID. I don't <laughs> I don't want to be swapping spit. It's my life isn't you know worth paying that off. No offense to sex workers. Okay, um, so, so that's I guess that sounds harsh, but please get creative and don't be whiny. Like it's, oh, that's so the bottom line for Aaron. Aaron. Ooh, Aaron just got bristled. 
She got bristled when she said, don't be whiny. So yes, shoot your shot, people, but please do it in a pragmatic way. I mean, get creative. Be like, Megan, I heard your podcast about how you don't let people shadow. Um, and I want to be the exception to that rule or something. I don't know. Some, what, what can you bring to the table? Do you make good banana bread? Be like, can I bring you some banana bread? And that like, I'll be like, Megan, Phil is my uncle. So if you get me a shadowing, I will get you stock in the company. I'll get you a permanent. We're not asking for bribes. That's like, that's not where it's coming. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get in trouble. I know. If anybody's listening to this, I I am not a medical professional. I'm not asking. What can you bring to that person's industry? Like, can you edit their blog? Can or do you know it's like, hey, I notice you your grammar is shit. Can I edit your blog for free? Your for grammar you? is totally my shit. My grammar is so shit. Grammarly, my best friend. Download the app. <laughs> okay, let's get so yeah, that's me. Let's get into Megan here. Okay, let's jump into some more questions. All right. Okay, let's just let's just jump into this one. Okay, Megan, the story behind why Megan is sober. We've oh, talked about it a lot. Well, we, yeah, we've talked about the fact that I don't drink, but like this question alone is a full blown episode in itself. But um, yes, I've I've been asked why I'm sober. Um, gosh, just like with your this last question for you, like the short story, um, you know, at a at an early age, I learned that I couldn't drink like other people. I couldn't drink normally, and um, gosh, this is all raw and vulnerable. Um, I couldn't drink like other people. And so I gave it up, um, because I have a super limited threshold for emotional pain. And I learned at a very young age that I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. So, um, at the ripe age of 22, actually the day after my 22nd birthday, I gave everything up. Um, so I've been in recovery now for 13 years. Wow. I've been sober for over 13 years. So I'm talking like not even a CBD gummy. I'm talking not even a Xanax when I'm on a long flight. I've, you know, I got hit by a car um, in recovery and I had to have a surgery uh, for that. But beyond that, I haven't taken any sort of medication um, and and no shade thrown towards antidepressants or anything like that. I'm not a medical professional, so that's none of my business. But um, yeah, by the time I was by the time I was 21, I'd already like drank enough Bacardi to last a lifetime. So, I mean, I told you guys I lived in Mexico for my junior year, and that was like the first time in my life where I didn't have a full, like a full-time job and a full course load. So ever since I was 13, I've been working. So when I was living in Mexico, I had more time to play around, and I need the pressure to make diamonds. So, you know, living in Mexico, I just had a lot more time to party. Plus, when you're drunk, you have a way better Spanish accent. So like wor- words just fell out of my mouth drunk. And I had, I, I was given the nickname in Mexico, <laughs> la corcholata, la corcholata, que significa, which means the bottle cap. Because my, my homies down there, they're like, Megan's always on top of a bottle or on the floor. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm, I'm dropping some secrets. So yeah, I was, I, I, I just, I drank really hard. And then at the end I started to do some drugs and it was just for me, I couldn't, I, I honestly stopped drinking and using as an experiment. I was like, oh, I'll do it for like 30 days. I'll drop some weight. My skin will clear up. Uh, quite the opposite. I um, gained weight because I was eating a lot of ice cream and I got more zitty. Um, but I've been, yeah, I've been in recovery now since then. And it's probably my proudest achievement next to learning Spanish. So, um, 
I that's kind of like the long story actually to why I'm sober. Um, a lot more detail as far as like the 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 damage that was caused. But bottom line is that I can't drink alcohol like normal people. Um, I'm not anti-alcohol. Um, I think alcohol is amazing. It's an amazing industry. I think it brings people together. I unfortunately don't have the luxury to drink it like a lady. So, so you got sober at a really young age mm-hmm. and uh, in our family, we, you know, there's addiction in our family yeah. and there are people that have been sober. Do you think having sober family members helped you get sober at a young age? Was that any help? Yeah, or? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, there is a genetic, I believe that there's a genetic predisposition, predisposition to this mm-hmm. um, problem, to this disease that I have. Um, but, and seeing other family members take the path to sobriety was definitely an inspiration. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that I quit drinking in San Francisco, which has a huge sober community. Actually, the sober community that I'm a part of is worldwide. So it totally was. And also I was kind of like once I gave it up and I went to my first concert sober, I went to my first wedding sober, I went on my first date sober, I went on my first Mexico trip sober. Once I had gotten enough of those experiences under my belt, it made it very easy because a lot of people were like, you haven't had a White Claw. You haven't had a Jaeger bomb. You've, I've never had a Four loco. I've never done ecstasy. I haven't done, you know, mm-hmm. um, where I was like, dang, did I miss out? Should I do it? But then I'm like, you know what? I've had a really fun life thus far. I don't want to risk it because um, I just don't know what's on the other side. Yeah. And I have a pretty amazing life sober. A lot of people think I'm drunk. Like but, at I mean, weddings. Well, you just have an outgoing personality. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't need it. Yeah. What would what advice would you give for someone whose friend is newly sober or they meet someone who is sober? Yeah. Like how Sometimes I think people feel uncomfortable when they do drink. Like what advice would you give to that person who is experiencing a new sober person in their life? Don't judge them. Don't mm-hmm. shame them. Don't even joke around. Don't even be like, huh, huh, like let, I'm going to be funny and slip a shot in their coffee. Mm, yeah. Like that's just malicious mm-hmm. and really fucked up on a very deep level. Um, you know, when I, and when I came out as a sober woman, I had a lot of support. Um, I had a lot of people that, didn't take me seriously about it that were like ah relax like it's not that big of a deal but then I had some friends that straight up told me like I don't want to hang out with you I don't like hanging out with people who don't drink they're kind of whack and a little dry and I was so so upset and hurt by that but what that did was it 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 cut it trimmed the fat and it also opened up my life to new relationships with people who were also sober or just really like boiled down to like who are my true friends yeah so like yeah I had friends that I raged with like gnarly gnarly 6 a.m you know crazy blackouts and just rage party um but they were still my friends going on walks and getting coffee and whatever and um I still as a sober person do wild freaky stuff it's just not drunk you know like I'll be in pasties at the river I'll go to weird clubs I'll go to weird parties I'll dance all you know what I mean like because I have I've been doing it long enough to where now I have been sober four times as long as I was actually out there drinking and using. Wow. So like mo- the almost my entire adulthood has been spent in sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people, so say you have a friend who's like, I'm recently sober. Um, support that, celebrate that, you know, maybe think of ways that you guys can do social activities that aren't in a bar. For instance, like I go into bars, I work in bars sometimes as a DJ and I feel completely confident. 
Um, but there are some people who just sweat at the idea of going into a bar and that's okay. You know, think of creative ways of to do things with them that don't surround themselves about alcohol. Let them know that they're important without the alcohol. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're only friends with somebody because they get drunk with you, check yourself. Yeah. That's a red flag. Um, and also just find, you know, fun. Like some people want to be helpful and, and get like recently sober people. Oduls. Mm, Oduls you know, is non-alcoholic beer for non-alcoholics. You know, I'm a true full-blown alcoholic, so I don't fuck with O'Doul's. Yeah. I don't fuck with CBD lattes. I don't even fuck with tiramisu. Um, I'm very, very, you know, because I truly believe that any sort of little drop, set anything that's like, that that could trigger me could turn me into, a, can just rage and like inflame my disease again of alcoholism. So, um, you know, just don't make them feel judged about it. You know, mm -hmm. and don't also be like, when are you going to drink again? I get that question all the time. People are like, oh, you're still sober? I'm like, yeah. They're like, come on, you're going to drink at your wedding. I'm like, well, I'm single, so um, I don't know when I'm getting married. But when I do, we will cross that bridge when I get there. It's really a true one day at a time thing. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, just be be gentle. And, and also, you know, I have a lot of friends that are like, are you okay? Are you okay that I drink around you? And me personally, yeah. I have, you know, I'll, I've even been known to like keep a bottle of wine in my cabinet mm -hmm. for guests who come over. It's not in my plain sight, but I'm like, oh, I forgot I have a bottle of this or somebody came over when I cooked dinner and they left their vodka behind or something. I'll keep it up there in case people want to have a drink. Yeah. That's my personal experience. If you don't want to be around people who drink, then you can let them know that. Yeah, I think I have a lot of sober people in my life. And I think just, you know, you talked about not bringing out duels, but. One thing is like just making sure you have non-alcoholic drinks. If you're having a party, like I can't tell you how many parties I've been to where I'm drinking tap water. I know. I, I always have Pellegrino for you. I know you do. You have like flavors too, which I really appreciate. You're welcome. Now, if someone is listening to this podcast and th thinks they might have a problem with alcohol, what would be the first step you would recommend for them? I would say to everybody should have a therapist. First of all, I don't care if you think you are trauma free. You have some trauma that's embedded that you just aren't bringing to the surface. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how perfect your family life was, how perfect your childhood was, I think having another person with a trained perspective, like a therapist or a psychiatrist, uh, is immensely important. They can also help you navigate if you have a true problem or maybe there's some other stuff going on that's causing you to drink more than normal. Um, for me, uh, recovery in the form of 12 steps is what I utilize. Um, but I've always used, um, I've always, always been seeing a therapist. So the first thing is to just bring it up to the surface. Talk to somebody about it. Don't keep it in your head. If you're really ashamed about your drinking, um, talk to somebody about mm -hmm. it. And then there are so many professionals that can lead you in the right direction, whether yeah. it's doing something like outpatient rehab where you don't have to live in a home, but you go to a hospital or something for a couple hours a day. Or if you do need to go into a rehab where you live there for a long time or, you know, for a month or whatever, I didn't do those things. Um, I, I did it on my own without having to go into a rehab. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think just rather than keeping it inside, bringing it outside mm -hmm. is the first place to start. Mm -hmm. And I think you are a great example of there is life in sobriety. It's not like some people think, oh, I can't imagine never drinking again. Oh, I, I yes. And I tell those people, I'm sober, not dead. Okay. Yes, I am sober. Not Megan dead. is living. She is living I her am, best life. I am sober and sexy and not dead. And you know, if you can't imagine a life without alcohol, that's something to look at. Mm -hmm. If you can't imagine, you know, being on a trip, uh, without being shit faced, that's something to look at, but to each his own for me personally, 
I love my sober life and I feel very fulfilled and I feel like my relationships are stronger than ever. Um, my, the fun I have is, is, I mean, I have hobbies. Mm -hmm. I, I don't just sit and drink at a bar. I roller skate, I dance, I DJ. Um, you know, I like to talk to plants. Um, I think those are pretty fun hobbies and I do them sober. <laughs> uh, okay. What other questions do we have here? What you want me to ask you one or no, this, this one's good. Okay. So kind of jumping off that last question, let's talk about an episode of not losing your shit when little things go wrong during an already stressful pandemic. It is stressful right now. Yeah. I just had to Botox my masseters because I just feel like they're clenching 24-7. <laughs> For people who don't know, masseters are your jaw muscles. Yeah. I know. I've been waking up feeling like I got punched in the jaw. Um, you know, I oh gosh this is so tough because it's like everybody has their own situation so like mm -hmm. I have a very different experience than you do yes I am single I have no children and I pretty much do what I want like my work the way I work is like as long as I get my job done I'm gonna stay paid whereas Erin has to be somewhere at a specific time she has to be client facing mm -hmm. she also manages 36 employees she also has three kids under 10 she also has a husband mm -hmm. and a dog and a dog, you know, so my advice might be different than yours, yes. but for me not to lose my shit when things go wrong is like, just laugh at it. It's almost like a joke. Like it is. It's so true. Like, of course it's going wrong. Mm -hmm. Of course there's going to be a rabid hornet that's been escaped that they just discovered. Of course, one of the best basketball players in, in our history passes away in a freak accident. Mm -hmm. Of course. You know, thing, things are going to, there's going to be racial uprisings. Of course, of course. Like, this is the year that we all just want to wake up from and be like, that was a dream, right? Yeah. So be gentle on yourself when things are fucking up, when people are fumbling. I think having a lot of grace and acceptance mm -hmm. right now is crucial. I mean, it might be your first inclination to, when you pick up your coffee and it's warm and not ice cold, you're gonna wanna rip the barista a new one. When really you are projecting your own fear and anxiety on this poor girl who's getting paid $7.60 an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, be gentle on everybody. I mean, I for, I for sure have noticed like my driving has calmed down. I'm a little more patient on the road. I try to be a little more courteous with every, I mean, I am nice, but so, like I, I bring up that ice cold coffee thing because one of the fills I go to, like they can never make my iced coffee cold enough to the point where I now ask for a separate cup of ice. I am that bitch. So like when the fills list, the filled baristas are like, I knew it was her, <laughs> but Pasadena crushes it. So, um, that would be my one thing is like, just be gentle on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot be rigid in this time, even when it comes to plans. We are used to being so rigid where it's like, you don't understand. I booked my wedding. Yeah. I booked my wedding in October. I have to have my wedding. Where it's like, how about you go to Santa Barbara Courthouse and get married and then have a cracking party in January of next year? Yeah. How does that sound? Well, well, well that's not. Uh, uh, uh. Relax. Relax. Like, it's not rigid. It's not certain. I think the idea of like, it has to be this way out the window. I think it's been easier to have that acceptance nowadays because you literally mm -hmm. have control over very little these days. You have no control if your kids are going to school, if your business can be open and it can be extremely frustrating and you can disagree with a lot of things. But I almost right now, like just expect the worst. Mm -hmm. And when it, I have a decent day, I just think, okay, you have wow. gratitude for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful my building did not burn down. I'm thankful my children are alive. Like mm -hmm. if you think about it that way, the little shit, it just, 
just kind of is what it is. I think acceptance is a, a great word for yeah. it too. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you, when you start to feel overwhelmed, a lot of times it's because you start tripping out on the future or obsessing about the past. Mm-hmm. Like if you really look at today, if you look at the next 12 hours, um, you know, you could handle that. It's appalling to think of like the next five years or the next year or the state of economy or all that. Like that is very, very overwhelming. But if you're like, okay, for the next 12 hours, I could maybe eat some food that's green. Can't guarantee that. Um, I could maybe go on a walk 20 minutes max. I can't guarantee that. I could maybe reach out to my mom. Can't get, you know what I mean? Like really, if you just kind of break it down, that's where things start. Your, your stress meter goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, little, her question is how to on not to lose your shit when little things go wrong. Yeah. So it's funny. You could handle, you know, like we recently had a death in the family and that rocked our world, but like my shoelace will break and I will go psycho. I will punch a window out and I'm like, my fucking shoelace broke. You don't understand. My shoelace broke. This is one of my favorite pairs of shoes where it's like, we are now shutting down the economy again. I'm like, okay, Gavin Newsom. You know, it's really amazing how like those little things can set you off. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a way that you are projecting that stress without like truly, truly losing your shit on Mm -hmm. really important stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's the way to think about it. But yeah, it's just, you can't, can't sweat the small stuff you know it there's so there's so many bigger things out there be gentle like, on yourself yeah be absolutely. gentle on yourself if have plan- just low expectations of life right now yeah you know like did you get up did you shower did you brush your teeth yeah like you said did you go on a walk yeah low expectations yeah and also just kind of like i think what has to be left uh is the idea of like things have to be a certain way like yeah. We're very, we're control freaks when it comes to like my one-year-old birthday party. Let me ask you this. Do you have any plans on your calendar the rest of the year? I have a hotel booked. (laughs) But the thing is, because I'm a travel expert, it's a refundable hotel. Yes. I just grabbed this space because it's for a convention in Hawaii. And I was just like, I doubt the convention is going to happen. But I was like, I just want it. But flights, no. I have no flights booked. I book land. I book hotel because that's easily cancelable and changeable. But other than that, nope, I was supposed to go to Bonnaroo in September. That's been wiped. Um, You know, like all my traditional things. I was supposed to go to Scotland. I was supposed to go to Ireland. I was supposed to be in Detroit in July. Um, You know, like our little traditions. Everything is gone. Mm -hmm. Everything is wiped. Like I just, I feel like Bernie at Weekend at Bernie's. Where like I'm being guided by whatever force it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have zero plans. I was making our calendar for the rest of the year for our injectors literally like no plans yeah because they're like oh they take memorial day weekend off or they take the first weekend in december freeing a little bit you know where you're not i don't feel like shackled by plans it's kind of it's lean into it that's where you can like yeah look at the gratitude when you feel like you're gonna lose it yes look at the gratitude yes but we're all feeling that way like yeah so you're not alone girl you're not alone we're with you on that one okay so i'll ask aaron a question this is a long one. When she DM'd me this, I was like, oh, girl, that's a hot potato. I was like, I'm going to pass this one to Aaron because it's pretty specific. Okay. How do you deal with an employer who constantly reminds you that you are new to the industry? So that's why you're getting the short end of the stick with clients and scheduling. But they don't do anything to assist you with promoting you on their Instagram or website. I can't tell you how many times I've been reminded on the fringe simply because I'm the newest esthetician to the company. Okay. Okay, I'm going to take this by two views, okay? okay? Since I don't know the backstory, you could look at this as a boss who is not 
helping their new esthetician flourish just by kind of putting them off like, you know, we're not going to help you grow. You're here. You have to pay your dues and you have to be here longer before you can work your way up the ladder. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it as someone who's newer in the industry wanting a fully booked schedule right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So there it's, it's complicated and it could go either way. So whoever the, our listener is for this question, bear with me since I don't know your backstory. So if you are newer in an industry and you have a client base, it takes years to get a full robust schedule, typically, unless you come into a company where they just filter you clients. Um, so you have to have that patience where it takes getting your first client, where you're seeing one client a day and you're hoping that one client tells a friend and then their friend comes in and you're organically building your base that way. But if you have the flexibility and the freedom by working at your company, you should also be doing things to promote yourself where you are actually doing the legwork to get out there where whether you can have a private Instagram or a public personal Instagram to showcase your work, your knowledge, your personality, your hobbits, hobbies. So you're selling yourself. You're, you know, when the world opens back up, you're working at local, you know, festivals or community outreach or volunteering somewhere. You're making those connections where you are actually doing the networking and helping build the base yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact this person does have their own private, like their own personal esthetician page, and they're very they're active, active on it. it. Yeah, so they're Perfect. they're hustling on their own IG. Good, you want to hustle too. You also want to work in an environment where they are going to hustle and promote you. If you work in an office and you are generating revenue where you are working on clients and they are paying money and part of that money is going to the company, you want to make sure that that company does have your back and is promoting you and helping you out. But if you are already doing that legwork where you're hustling and maybe the owner of the company is hustling for everyone else, but not you specifically, you might be at the wrong place. And there's nothing really you can do to change the mind of that employer to be like, hey, you know, okay, yeah, I am going to invest in you and I'm going to promote you on Instagram. I'm going to promote you on this. You can do things like offer to, you know, give them pictures of yourself to update the website, pay for someone to do website updating for them. Because as an employee, I think a lot of employees don't realize there is so much cost on the back end of things to have a web designer go in and literally put a picture on a website with updated text can easily cost $500 mm-hmm. and more. So there could be some reasons on the back end why that person's not doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they don't have the revenue to hire a social media person to produce content for you. So you have to look at it from both sides where you, you want to make sure that that person generally has your interest the, your best interest at hand, mm-hmm. but also know there's a lot more that goes into running a business, to promoting you, um, to making sure there's parity by making sure that everyone's getting enough screen time. You know, maybe none of your clients want to be on screen or maybe, you know, just think about those things and make sure you're having realistic expectations on what your employer can do. And at the end of the day, the, the employer's job isn't necessarily to blow them up on Instagram and make full social media content for them, you know, unless that was in your contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to try to meet them halfway and make suggestions that you can actively help and participate in. Yeah. Too. I think that that's, that's a great idea. I, I, what I heard from what you said was like, don't take it personal with a grain of like, don't take it personal. Like they're, they're shafting you because there's so much going on from a boss perspective. Yes. Yeah. Me, if I was in her shoes, I would, like, yes, being new 
you got to work yourself up. You know, you're at the bottom of the totem pole, but it's okay. Everybody's been new. Mm-hmm. Nico Alanis mm-hmm. was new at one point. He was. Nico Alanis did not know how to do a chemical peel at one point. Now he is the master. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, also people aren't as social media savvy as others. Yes. So like the company that this esthetician works for, they might not know how to, or they might not understand the dynamics of Instagram. They might not understand the power of it. So, um, you know, I think if you go in with a positive attitude and understand, like, don't take it personal. Yes. Like out the gate, don't be like, they're shafting me, but rather be like, okay, I see what they're coming from. So how can I be helpful? Mm -hmm. Say like, you know what? I noticed on the Instagram feed, we don't have any, um, uh, chemical peel content. I have a chemical peel client coming in. I'll ask them beforehand if it's cool, if we get some shots, could we use that? I can even edit it down to you in like a nice 15 second chunk. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like the music, I have a couple versions. This is a more jazzy version. This is a more pop version or no music at all. What do you think? Like I, you know, and then yeah, of course tag the esthetician or how about getting a cool facial of a woman of color? Yeah. You know, like let's get some color on the feed. Like I want to, you know, and this, this client is okay with it. Or I want to talk about this really cool product that we carry. Like you are offering them free promotion and they just might not understand that you got to have a pop an Instagram feed with content all the time. So you could be of help to them. So, mm-hmm. but if you know, if you gas out and you've offered all these, you know, you like you're offering content, you're offering pictures, you're offering videos and they're still not down, you know, like yeah. then marinate on that. Maybe think about going somewhere else, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just cause they're not like shouting you out every yeah. And filling a schedule is hard. Mm-hmm. It is extremely difficult to do. So you, I don't think you should expect to just jump into a business as someone new and just expect to have eight clients a day. Mm-hmm. It does not work. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think content is great. I think also say you have four hours where you have no clients. Um, you know, what are you going to do to go promote yourself in the business? Like, did, why don't you, you know, go to local hairdressers or local businesses and pass your business card out make cookies like we did before. Yep. If you, you don't know? know about that, tune into episode number one when I was dipping cookies and dropping them off yes. at hair salons and all yes. the hairstylists were like, get the fuck out. Yep. When we were closed down, all of our estheticians, they went to the local businesses and we donated hand sanitizer and we purposely sent our estheticians to go drop them off so they could show face to those other businesses. Like yep. I'm from the treatment. I'm an esthetician. I do facials. My name is whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to, you gotta, you gotta sweat equity it too. You know, yeah, put in some time, baby girl, put in some time and just know that people I would like I like to think in the good in people and that they're all like not everybody is trying to take advantage of us or abuse us or not give us what we deserve. There are some evil people out there that are like that, but also take a look at what are you providing? What are you offering? Are you Mm -hmm. being the best esthetician you can? Are you taking the online courses to learn about new skincare products? Are you, you know, maybe saying hey boss i just thought of this new way to promote this product let's combine it let's create a duo kit let's create a this kit let's create a young girl kit or whatever mm-hmm. um, and reach out to your reps to your skincare reps yes. because they can help think of promotions that they can do you know if you buy this serum you get your facial half off and you know we try to sometimes funnel that to our newer injectors or newer estheticians to fill their schedule too but it takes someone that is very creative and business savvy to be on those promotions all the time. Like we mm-hmm. are thinking, I'm thinking about that stuff all the time. That's just how my biz, my brain runs. Um, so yeah, kind of, you know, just work together collaboratively. Collaborate. Yeah. And you might think like I'm doing so much work and I'm not getting paid for it. It's like good things come to those who work hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you might think like, oh man, I'm not making any money off of planning this little mixer for the business. Well, at that mixer, you might meet three girls who now get facials from you. Yes. And, and they become, tell three of their friends. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, 
Okay, cool. That was a good one. So yeah. I hope our girl is listening to that. Um, all right. So I think this is one of the last questions for Aaron. And then you can ask me the rest. Okay. So this is a product specific question. Do you guys use a retinoid? What procedures can a person do on a retinoid or not? I will take that one. Yes. A retinoid, what it is, it uh, it is a prescription medication that helps turn over dead skin cells faster. It is a vitamin A derivative. So it's very helpful in acne, pigmentation, fine lines and wrinkles. If your skin can tolerate a retinoid, everyone should be on retinoids. It's so good. Yeah. Workhorse, workhorse yes, in does the it skin all. industry. I've been on a retinoid for like 10 years. Prescription, it's called Retin-A. Generic names, tretinoin. There's some other different brands like Tazeratine, um, Adapalene. There's prescription and over-the-counter. So there's different versions you can get. Ret retino retinols are over-the-counter. Retinoids are typically prescription. Um, you can do you can do procedures on them, but most people request that you stop your retinoid a few days prior to getting your procedure done. Anything that affects the surface of the skin, things like waxing chemical peels, facials, microdermabrasion. It's always best to take a little break prior to doing that. Yeah, I was on, I think before I did Accutane, I was on Retin-A. I think you prescribed me Retin-A. And I lied to the poor waxer girl. She was like, are you <laughs> oh, on a retinol? So and I was mean. like, no, I'm not at all. And the, the look on her face, the horror when she ripped off my skin was devastating. She, she was just like, <gasps> I'm so sorry. She's like, your skin lifted. I was like, no, nah, it's all good. I was like... I knew the risk I was taking. You know, I'm such an asshole. I signed and everything. I signed the consent that said I'm not on a retinoid. Because I was like, I want my brows waxed. And I did it. And she was so apologetic, the poor girl. And I was like, no, don't even trip. It, Do you I, know um, Dr. Majestic did that right before her wedding? She got her eyebrows waxed on my own ret, uh, retinoid. Did she? Yes. And she sends me a picture. She'll look, I, yeah, she said I could tell the story. Um, and she's like, what did I do? I'm like, what the hell, Cassie? Like, you know better than that. Yeah. What did, did you give her cortisone or something? Yeah, well, yeah, I gave her like essentially like a burn cream to help heal it. It was totally fine. Yeah. But be careful. Yeah. Don't get aggressive. Yeah. So, yeah. So what do you say? A week beforehand? Usually uh, three days. Yeah. Usually. Three days is good. Yeah. So, so, you know, you use the retinoids at night. You don't use it in the morning. Mm -hmm. Use the retinoids at night. And then, uh, yeah, just stop three or four days before you get anything waxed or you'll have your skin lifted off your upper lip. Super embarrassing. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Last question. It's kind of a general one. Um, do you have any wisdom gained from dating tips, funny stories, anything? One last little bit of wisdom oh to wrap up gosh, this question. Oh my gosh, to wrap it up, this could be a whole other hour. Um, well, if you haven't listened to my How to Boost Confidence episode, do that because most of the time people aren't having fun in dating because they're so obsessed with hating themselves. Um, dating should be fun. If it's not fun, don't do it. Okay. Dating is exhaustive. You have to shave your legs, get outfits, get your nails done, shit waxed, all that stuff. If you're not having fun and the dude's not buying your meal or your coffee, you're in the red. Like I think <laughs> about the times I would like get all suited and booted for a date. And then I just ended up at a guy's house in, in knee high boots with a brand new outfit on. And I'm like, I didn't even get a fucking burrito out of this. <laughs> and I'm at this dude's house about to give it all up. Um, so, you know, with dating advice, so biggest advice, listen to my confidence boosting episode and believe that, that you are sexy and hot just the way you are and totally attractive and fun. Um, but with dating, don't, you know, like there's, there's so many things I could derive off of, like chase the guy, don't chase the guy, play with the rules, you know, uh, like 
don't wait three days, all that stuff. I say go with the gut, go with the intuition. I think in, a, a woman's intuition is unfuckwittable. It gets more honed in and louder the older you get. So like I feel like my tuition is very, intuition is very on point. Um, and uh, life is too short to not have fun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you find that you're not having fun going on all these hinge dates, then don't go on all these hinge dates. If you find that you have more fun skating alone, talking to yourself on the boardwalk like I do, then do that. Don't feel pressure to get a man or get a baby because your mom wants you to have a man or have a baby. Or, you know, your mom wants you to have a girlfriend when really you want a man. You True. know what I mean? Yeah. Life is too short to not live your truth. So if you're in the closet, if you're if or if you're you want to come out as non-binary or, or whatever, like just do that. Like just do that and, and live your life and enjoy it. And um, and if it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. You know, like I've I've taken huge strides in in doing what feels good for me and it's not conventional or traditional at all. Um, but I'm at a point in my life where I get to pretty much live in Mexico part time and <laughs> just saying that out loud is a fucking dream come true. But it's really like I'm able to do what I want and it doesn't mean that I have to be at a desk or be in an office for no. eight hours a day. Um, so yeah, we can we can let's expand on that in another episode. Love it. Love the questions. That was fun. That was well, fun I think we episode. should do it again. Now that yeah. people know, because yes. I just put up a story about it. I, I want people to marinate on other questions or yeah. perhaps an answer we provided inspired another question. But we could do this every couple episodes. So you guys get to lead the topics, get to lead. We could do all these mini topics in an episode. Yeah. So, Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you rate us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Yes. Listen to our quarantunes mixes. Engage with Megan on IG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she would appreciate that. I, I put a lot of work into that social media, you guys. So if you can like it, smash that like button for me. The um, water slide meme you put on was so that was our most popular the engagement that it, that has been viewed 13,000 times I could not share it 500 I've alone watched it 10,000 times oh it was so good good job <laughs> Megan you're a master meme maker thank you all right guys we will be back next week sounds good see ya